Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered round it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us, or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Quirks of Creation. I am your host, Jess Holmes, and joining me this week is Kyle, aka Whiskey Biz. How you doing, Kyle? Hey, guys. How's everybody doing? I'm doing well. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for joining me. Those of you who have been with us since the very beginning have probably seen Kyle as Whiskey Biz in the chat. You might have seen him on his wife's show, Finding the Faith. Kyle, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, my name is Kyle. I don't know if anybody caught that or not. Um, I am Frida's husband. I like uh, long walks on the beach and um, sunsets too. It's very nice. Did, did Frida pay you to say that? <laughs> no, actually, I just came up with that right off the cuff. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. And just thank you so much for joining me tonight. We're hanging out. We're doing Bible study. We're going to read more of Genesis tonight, which I'm super excited about. I I have to ask, since I haven't done a Bible study with anybody except Elise before, um, is this your first time in Genesis? Is this your like 500th time in Genesis? What is your feeling about this book? So this is my first time in Genesis. Oh, okay. Like I've read a little bit of Genesis. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we got up to Noah and the Flood. Like um, Frida and I together, right? Um, and then we kind of stalled out a little bit on Bible reading, and then we wanted to get try and get like right back into it. So um, we started reading um, the Book of Matthew, the Gospel. Oh, I love Matthew. Yeah, we just finished that, which uh, I loved it. It's amazing. It's such a good gospel. My husband and I are currently in that now, and that's another book I would definitely love to do a Bible study through someday, because it just reminds me how. I don't know how to say it. It's just like straightforward, Jesus yeah, is, in his mission. I feel like modern Christianity has made him feel very soft and very weak. And that's just not him at all. When you read the Gospel of Matthew, you're like, oh, he's serious about a lot. Yeah. Um, and I like how it's like about um, Jesus's adult ministry, too. Yes. And we're going to go back to, uh, I think, Luke, Matt, um, Luke and um, Mark and... I'm sorry, I always forget the third, the other one. John? John, yes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go back and read all three of theirs. Um, it, we was just recommended to us uh, to read um, Matthew first. I love Matthew. Great yeah. place to start. Yeah. I love it. Before we jump into day, today's Bible study, I have two things I want to mention. Of course, our new partner, American Daily Press, if you guys have not heard of them, um, they are a budding news organization that is seeking to bring truth and legitimacy back to the world of journalism. Their mission is to empower readers with accurate, well-researched information to foster a deeper understanding of our world, break through the propaganda, and arming the people with the truth. 
truth, which as my Twitter handle, Real Truth Cactus, would indicate, is very important to me too. Uh, so I love these guys. They just announced a bunch of new podcasts, including Total Sports Talk, Guys Night, and uh, Britta Unfiltered. I don't know if you guys oh. caught the spaces last night. It was very good, super fun. Uh, and I know Frida has written some work for them as well. Done she some has, art. Yeah. She's, wor- she's written a couple. I think she's currently working on or putting the finishing touches on possibly another one. Ooh. Yeah, I'm excited. That is so exciting. So stay tuned. If you guys want to follow American Daily Press, you definitely should do it. All of their information is down in the link below. Uh, And last thing I'll mention um, is you guys know that my husband and I are working on the adoption process. And uh, Frida so kindly helped us create a super cool cactus design uh, with a Bible verse from John. Um, that says we love because he first loved us. And so if you guys would like to buy a t-shirt and help us raise money to pay for the adoption, that would mean a lot to us, but more than anything, just be praying for us through this process because it is hard. It's a lot, but we're so excited about it. I'm definitely buying a t-shirt, maybe 12. I haven't decided yet. (laughs) Maybe 12. I love it. I haven't decided yet. I'm here for it. Uh, I'm a particular fan of the yellow crew neck sweatshirt i don't know it just pops so much um and frida did an amazing job i know i'm tooting like frida's horn right here in front of you absolutely (laughs) you're like i I could do this all day love it (laughs) okay let's talk about joseph so you said this is your first time uh through genesis have you read the story of joseph or heard the story before no no, okay. New to me, so you're going to get my live reactions. I, you know, I feel so blessed to be able to experience with uh, this with you for the first time, because I feel like as someone who grew up in the church, surrounded by these stories, it gets to feel stale after mm-hmm. a while because you've heard it so so many times. So I'm really excited for your perspective. It's going to be super fun. All right. Uh, do you want me to read the first chapter or you to read? What, what are you feeling? Um, why don't you just start with us okay. and then I can try and do some little after. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's tackle Genesis 37, Joseph's dream. So Jacob lived in the lands of his father, sojourning in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flocks with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told this to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered round it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you... or?" Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, 
and the eleven stars were bowing to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept these sayings in mind. So we'll just kind of pause here. Mm-hmm. Get your first reactions. What are you thinking? Um, he definitely is a dreamer. Um, <laughs> fair. Um, and I know God speaks to people in different ways. He speaks to everybody a little bit differently. And it seems like here, um, Joseph and his visions that he gets from God are definitely going to be from his dreams. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a few other prophets that I've, you know, look read or heard that they get just random like day visions or they just see imagery from God. Right. Um, but he definitely seems like he's going to be the person that gets in his dreams. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting because I've heard some of these people who get dream, well, some of the prophets that get dreams, they mm-hmm. can be a little crazy, like the dreams themselves. Right. And they can mean like so many different things. That's so true because, like, when you think about it, uh, in the first dream, he imagines his sheaf of grain or hay or whatever it is he's collecting. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I always think of Joseph, the King of Dreams movie, where his sheaf is in the middle and all the other sheaves topple in, bow to his. Same thing with uh, the stars. And realistically, you could interpret that to just be, oh, I've been working out in the field too long, or I was watching over the sheep and staring at the stars too long. But he has this implicit understanding that this is more important than other g- dreams he might have had in the past and felt the need to share it with his brothers. Yeah, um, definitely seems like it's more, it's probably was a more intense type of dream. Yeah. Have you ever had a really intense type of dream before? I actually don't remember any of my dreams. Really? Yeah. The only dreams I remember is if I take a short nap. Fascinating. That's it. Yeah. I'll sleep five, six, seven, eight hours, however long, Mm -hmm. and just wake up like I went to sleep. Then I woke up two seconds later. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't even know if I do dream, honestly. That is fascinating. I I just find the process of dreaming so fascinating. And just like the way you go into REM sleep and the way your brain seems to slow down its frequencies, but actually it's still conjuring all of these different images. I guess for some people, not. I bet you get more restful sleep than people who dream. Oh, I don't get any restful sleep at all. Oh, you don't? No. I wonder if you don't go into REM sleep. Okay, I'm fascinated by this. We should talk about this more. Yes. (laughs) Okay, back to Joseph. Yes. All right. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to him, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring me word. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the fields, and the man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where are they pasturing the flock? The man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. But Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. 
Come now, let us kill him and throw him at once into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard this, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into the pits here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might be re- that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty and there was no water in it. They sat down to eat and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm, myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone, and I, where shall I go? Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. And they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. He identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Thoughts? Wow. Yeah. That's my first reaction. I don't know if anybody is paying attention, but I was making some weird faces. Um, as you were reading some of these things, like I'm like I'm shocked. Yeah. Like, they're brothers. Who does this to their brother? I can't imagine doing this to my little brother. Honestly, I can't either. I can't right. think of a world in which I despised my brother so much that I would conspire to kill him. Or sell him off to slave traders. Yeah. So they they tried. They wanted to kill him. Yeah. Then they were like, mm, no. Then they sold him. And then they they made him look like he was killed by something yeah. else to their father. Because they just were like, let's just get rid of this guy. We don't like him. Like, I don't. That's wild. It is. It is insanely wild. And I think it just goes to show the deep wicked heart of man whenever there is someone who might threaten your position of power they conspired to get rid of him i like i can't fathom it yeah i mean off to a hot start so far i'm loving it (laughs) right uh, Lorna Dune says, see, I can't imagine doing this to my sister, but when you have like 11 people in a feedback loop of hate, you can build that before you even know. That's such a good point. That is a enormous family. They're all, I don't know, very headstrong men, just like their father, I assume. 
And if we remember Jacob, who was conniving and cunning and tricked Esau out of his inheritance, you could kind of see where these men developed their sense of morality. Yeah. Which is kind of too bad. Um, But then Jacob's response to that is pretty intense. How how could you not in that moment go, oh, we messed up. We should go get him. Right. But no, they just double down. They're like, yep, he's dead. Sorry, dad. Yeah. And then they're just, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like they went through all of that just to make their brother disappear. I know they're half brothers. I think somebody in the chat said, oh, Nancy said that they were half brothers. They must have had a habit of bragging. Right. But again, he's like 17 at this point. They're all older than him. Yeah. He's a little immature. He needs to like mature a little bit. Yeah. Just uh, rough him up in the field a little bit, you know, work it out like men. Don't sell him into slavery. Damn. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I can't wait to see what's next. Oh yeah. It gets crazy. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Judah and Tamar. This is who, whoever says the old Testament is boring. Like I know we go through a lot of names and that is hard. Old Testament's not boring. Old Testament reveals the wicked heart of man at every turn. And our vault, I feel bad for you. He said, brothers do this. Mine would have sold me in a minute. No, I'm sorry, Arvolt. Arvolt, don't say that. Yeah, sorry, that, Jess. That makes me sad. Though uh, you know, I don't know know the relationship between my brothers themselves. I I don't think brother sister could do that to each other, but maybe mm. brother brother. I don't know. I mean, I would never be able to do that. But, my little brother but, is everything to me. Like he's my best friend, and he's just. Mm, um, always, we've always had each other. We've always talked right. to each other and relied on each other for everything. So I guess sibling relationships are either strong mm-hmm. or they're not because you're yeah. with this person for so many years of your life. And if you don't find a way to get along, if you don't find a way to love each other, you just grow to hate each other more and more over the years until it becomes just terrible. Can you um can you pull Frida's comment up? Yeah. Which the one, one about her being an only child. Oh yeah. That's okay. why I'm an only child. I sold the rest of my siblings. Oh my Frida, gosh. You're Frida. an only child because you're an only child. You've never had any siblings. <laughs> Hate to break it to you. R.I.P. You're my sister <laughs> in Christ, Frida. You wouldn't sell me, right? Right. I don't know. Sometimes with Frida, man. <laughs> I don't know. Sell me for all the glory on the internet, right? She's too funny. Oh my gosh. Chat is on fire tonight and I'm yes. loving it. Yes. Oh, thank you, Frida, for not ever selling me. <laughs> okay. So let's read about Judah and Tamar. You yes. want to try and tackle this or you want me to read this one? Um, sure, I'll try it. Okay. I believe in you. I'm not a I'm not a strong reader, so that's I'll okay. Do my Take best. your time. All right. Judah and Tamar. Tamar? I say Tamar. Tamar, okay. Uh, the AR, but you could say yeah. Tamer. Okay. I'm good with either. 
All right. It happened at the time that Judah went down from his brothers and turned aside to a certain Adulamite. Yes, I love it. Whose name was Hera. There Judah saw the daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. He took her and went to her. Oh, went in, went yeah. to her. And she was conceived and bore a son. And he called his name Ur. She conceived again and bore a son, and she called his name Onan. Yet again, she bore a son, and she called his name Shelah. I am so sorry. I didn't realize I was giving you the one with all the names. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> I'm the worst. Oh my god, you've done this you've done this to Elise before. I know, right? I, oh I invite a guest on and I just make them read all the names because I don't want to. You're welcome. Oh, this is gonna be fun. All right. <laughs> I believe in you. Five. Okay. Yet again she bore a son and she called his name Shella. Judah was in Chezib when yep. she bore him. And Judah took a wife for Ur, his for her firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, Go go in to your brother's wife and perform the duty of a brother-in-law to her, and raise her up offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. So he never went into his brother's wife. He would waste the semen on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I know the Old Testament is yeah, the worst. Yeah, yeah. So as to not give offspring to his brother, and what he did was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and he put him to death also. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, um, "Remain a window in your father's house till Shelah, my son, grows up." And he feared that he would die, like his brothers. So Tamar went and remained in her father's house. In the course of time, the wife of Judah, Shua's daughter, died. When Judah was confronted, he went up to Timnah? Yeah. Okay. To his sheikhs, to sheep shares. And he he and his friend Hira and Adulamite. When and when Tamar was told, Your father in law is going to Timnah to shear his sheep. She took off her window garments and covered herself with a veil, wrapping herself up, and sat at the entrance to Enam? Enim? Go with Enim. Yeah. Yeah, Enim. I like That's it. That's what we're just going to go with. Which is on the road to Timnah. For she saw that Shela was grown up, and she had not been given him to marriage. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute. Uh, for she had covered her face. He turned to her at the roadside and said, Come let me in to you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. She said, Will you give to me that you may come to come into me? What will you give to me that you may come into me? He answered, I will send you a young goat from the flock. And she said, If you give me a pledge until you send it. He said, What pledge shall I give you? She replied, Your signet and your cord and your staff that is in your hand. So he gave her them to her and went into her, and she conceived by him. Then she arose and went away, and taking off her veil, she put on the garments of her widowhood. 
when Judah sent the young goat by his friend, the Adulamite, to take back the pledge from the woman's hand, he did not find her. And he asked the men of the place, where's the cult prostitute who was at Anaim at the roadside? And they said, no cult prostitute has been here. So he returned to Judah and said, I have, I have not found her. Also, the men of the place said, no cult prostitute has been here. And Judah replied, let her keep the things as her own, or we shall be laughed at. You see, I sent this young goat, and you did not find her. About three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, young, your daughter-in-law, has been immoral. Moreover, she is pregnant by immorality. And Judah said, bring her out and let her be burned. And she was being brought out. As she was being brought out, she sent word to her father-in-law, by the man to whom these belong, I am pregnant. And she said, please identify whose these are, the signet and the cord and the staff. Then Judah identified them and said, she is more righteous than I, since I did not give her to my son Shelah. And he did not know her again. When the time of her of the, her labor came, there were twins in her womb. And when she was in labor, one put out a hand, and the midwife took and tried to tie a scarlet thread on his hand, saying, This one came out first. But as he drew back his hand, behold, his brother came out. And she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. Therefore his name was called Perez. Afterward, his brother came out with a scarlet thread on his hand, and his name was Zerah. As the chat says, Old Testament be X-rated. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a rough one. Honestly, you nailed it. You did it better than I could. I probably would have just obnoxiously giggled my whole (laughs) way through that because I'm inappropriate. I was trying not to the entire time. I don't know if anybody could tell, but... um, yeah. Uh, you did a great job. What is this? What did I just read? <laughs> okay, so basically, to sum up... Like, this was, I, I, this was crazy. The Old Testament is so crazy. I think it comes to uh, Judaic... The practices then were so insane because a woman couldn't really be on her own. She was not an independent person. She was not mm-hmm. really a free person. She was only as valuable as she could be to her husband and to her family. And so when Tamar's husband died, because God killed him yeah. <laughs> because he was not a good dude, uh, Judah wouldn't tried to give her to Onan, but Onan was also a bad dude. So he died too. And Judah had one more son to give her to, but he wouldn't do it. And so now she was a widow and now she basically had nowhere to go. She had no rights. She was just in a bad way. And the only way she could get some of that power, so to speak, back was to become pregnant, was to have a child. Because that's what gave a woman some sort of semblance of power is to provide offspring to someone. And so she basically dressed as a prostitute and tricked Judah into sleeping with her. Which, to be fair, if Judah was a man of honor, he wouldn't have slept with a prostitute. Right. But here we are. (laughs) But here we are. Oh, man. This is too funny. If anything, I just take comfort in reading the Old Testament 
and going, these are the patriarchs of Christianity. I'm not that bad. Yeah. Um, this was definitely one of the more vulgar ones. Yeah. This is that I have read one. personally. But um, this is actually, I find this hilarious. I it's probably shouldn't, but I do. <laughs> I find it so funny. It's like, it's straight out of a soap opera. It really is. The Old Testament is so soap opera-y. Yeah. I, th- I think that's probably why we don't spend a lot of time in it in church probably. outside of the Psalms. Because it's so intense. Yeah, I mean, and imagine that you brought like your children to church. Oh and you've got like... <laughs> Four, five, maybe six-year-old yep. kids, you know. And, and the pastor he reads, was reading yes. Genesis thirty-eight. You, you're, you would be like over your children's ears, yeah, almost the entire time because of like it's pretty graphic. It is pretty graphic. Probably not as graphic as some of the books in their library, unfortunately. Uh, probably not, yeah. But still, but I just, I just can't. That this was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Jess was like, yeah, go ahead and read this one. <laughs> I honestly forgot it gets that graphic because I've read oh, this okay. chapter like once. Yeah. I, I knew that he ended up sleeping with Tamar. I didn't realize how much they describe it. Oh, yeah. So I deserve the bonks in the chat. Sorry for Bonks him. in the chat for Jess. Yeah, that's Please. fair. That's fair. I get the bonks this week. And I'm sorry for making you read all of the no, names too. I just okay. like beat Kyle over the head with the most intense chapter. First time on Quirks. I'm yeah. sure you'll want to come back. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like if this is what I'm reading for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, hold on, my internet is being really dumb. Next oh. chapter, please. Uh, Based babe gave you um bonks. Oh, thank you for the bonks. I appreciate it. I like oh, how it shows up as the words. Oh. Like when you pull it up on the oh, screen. That's yeah. too bad. It doesn't show the emote. That makes that's me okay. sad. Okay. That's good to know. Brendan gave you a bonk emoji. Bonk emoji. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a lot of explaining of Jewish tradition. I son, I I like that comment. Because I think we would understand better the things that happen in the Old Testament if we understood the traditions better. I am also kind of curious as to why Ur and Onan were so wicked that God felt the need to kill them. Hmm. Like, what did they do? do is what? it explained anywhere else? I don't know. Chat, maybe I somebody have a in chat for you. Yeah, maybe somebody in chat. Nancy usually comes in clutch with those answers. Yeah, if you guys find some information as to why Ur and Onan were so wicked that God felt yeah. the need to kill them, we will share it. I am fascinated by that. Yeah. Okay. Back to our friend Joseph. Yes. This is probably going to get saucy yeah. too. All right, your turn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Okay. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had brought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. Forgot to mention the Ishmaelites. So um, just a reminder to where we've been in Genesis. Um, Ishmael 
was the other son of Abraham. So it was Ishmael who came from Hagar and Isaac who came from Sarah. And there was that division and the Ishmaelites were not following God. They were following pagan idols, obviously became part subsumed into Egypt. So understanding that these people were very pagan, often practiced human sacrifice, were not the best people to be bought as slaves. Sounds like people I would go out and have a beer with. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You'd have a beer, they'd drug you, you'd wake up on an altar, some guy's holding your beating heart in his hand, and he stabs it with a knife. That's just a a Monday night. Yeah, just normal Monday night. Yeah. Okay. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became successful became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended to him, and he made him an overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he had made him an overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had, in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge and became of him. He had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. I'm telling you, it's a soap opera. Yeah. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then I, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her, or to be with her. But one day when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were there in the house, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called them to the men of her household and said to them, see, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the palace where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all of the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Thoughts. Soap opera. Straight Mm -hmm. up. I love it. Straight up. I love it. So 
I just want to make sure that I understood this correctly. Mm-hmm. Joseph slept with his wife? Did not sleep with his wife. Did not sleep with his wife. Oh, okay. So she's like, hey, Joseph, you look really hot. Come here. Come sleep with me. And he's like, no, I'm not going to sin against God. Mm-hmm. not going to sin against my master. You go and away. And she set it all up to make it look like it. That's right. Gotcha. She okay, lied. Gotcha. Oh, it's even more soap opera than that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love what Lorna Down says. Sorry, can't come to work. I'm watching my soaps, aka reading Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, if anybody made a TV show about Genesis, oh in, my gosh, in soap opera style, it has to be in soap opera style. Yes, it does. It would be amazing. Nana says Potiphar knew she was lying, though. If Potiphar knew she was lying, why did he send Joseph to prison? Unless it was to Mm. preserve his wife's honor. That could be it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Frida just said, why did Potiphar yeet him into jail? (laughs) Yeet him into jail. (laughs) (laughs) Slaps in Spanish. No, not in Spanish. It's in Hebrew. Slaps in Hebrew. Yes. You have to add a little bit more of the throat into that. That's right. Yes. (laughs) One of the things I take away from this is that at every step of the way, every time Joseph is in a new place, in a place where a person could easily be miserable. Like my brothers just sold me into slavery. Now I'm in this dude's house working my butt off for no pay. Cause I'm a slave. I could have a bad attitude about it, mm-hmm. but he was successful. He was thrown into prison because he was falsely accused. He could be sad and mopey about that, but he wasn't, he was successful. And the captain of the guard took note of him. Everything that he did, he was successful in because I think partially because he did it with the right attitude and God blessed him in that instead of being miserable about his circumstances, he chose to worship God anyway. It, it almost seems like everywhere Joseph goes, people are just like out to get him. Kinda. It's like, what did Joseph ever do to these people to deserve this? Yeah. Like right now, like where we're at right now, it just seems like it's just, he just keeps getting like right through the coals everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes. And I yeah. I notice it's, he's not conforming to the desires of others. Mm-hmm. His brothers want him to shut up about his dreams, but he won't. And so they sell him into slavery instead of killing him. Uh, the He won't sleep with his master's wife. So his master's wife sets him up to be thrown in prison. So at every turn where he chooses to do the right thing or God's way, others are against him. And that makes me think of the picture of a Christian that we will always be at odds with what the world wants. And that very likely means we're going to suffer and we'll be in bad situations. But as long as I think we approach it with the right attitude, we approach it with, okay, I might be in this situation, but God will use it for his glory. He will draw something good out of it that others can learn from, that others can glean from. It's not about me. It's about the story that God wants to tell. I don't know. What do you think? It just seems like he's going against what society is trying to push him to do. Which is, you know, 
what I do on a daily basis. Love it. Yep. I feel myself inside of Joseph. You feel it? Yep, I'm feeling it. I love it. Joseph is a pretty likable dude. So far, yes. So far. and well, He's we'll keeping me that. entertained, at least. <laughs> Old Testament, man. Old Testament is wild. Oh, do you want to read this one? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give this one a shot. Okay. All right. Joseph interprets two prisoners' dreams. Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against the Lord and the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with these two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain in the house of the captain of the guard in in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. And one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, in my dream, there was a vine before me and on the vine, there were three branches. As soon as it budded, and blo- its blossoms short forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, "This is its interpretation. There are three branches. Are the three branches are three days? In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your hand, your head, and restore you to your office." And you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly. And oh, when you were his cupbearer, only remember me when it is. Hold on. All right. Only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. And so to get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of my land of the Hebrews. And here also I have done nothing to that they should put me into the pit. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift you up, will lift up your head from you, and hang you on a tree. And the birds will eat the flesh from you. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Old Testament, man. Love it. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the, and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker and Joseph had interpreted to them as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. 
What a jerk. Seriously, what a guy. Like, he just interpreted your, interpreted your dream and gave you, like, some of the best news that you could hear. Hey, you're getting out of prison. And you're going to go back to doing whatever it is you were doing before. Just remember who I am and tell Pharaoh right. that I'm a good guy, pretty much. And he did not. He was, like, just so excited to be back at his job and overwhelmed. Yeah. He's like, I don't even remember that guy. I well, talked so to him in prison. Can we just, like, talk that, like, the Pharaoh had a guy just put a cup in his hand. He has just one guy to do that job. Yep. That's crazy. My understanding is this guy is often the poison tester. So he would sip the wine first and make sure it's not poisoned and then place the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah. You typically don't want too many people drinking after you because then it's like, well, now I'm going to get sick. Mm-hmm. Or now all these people are going to die because it was poisoned. So yeah, right, right. I sense as the taste. Okay, is. so that's that makes more sense now. Slaps but, yeah. in Hebrew. <laughs> Slaps in Hebrew. <laughs> I know the the so the pecking out of the eyes is better than the last chapter. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, to read. this wasn't as bad as the last one I had to read. Right, right. But significantly you know. fewer names. So far, I am liking Joseph. Right. He was just like really quick on the uptake with the interpretation. Yeah. It was. Which I thought it was really cool. Yes, that's the comments that I saw. Hi, son. Oh, that was Nehemiah's job in Babylon, too. Oh, I didn't huh. know that. He was also a taste tester. Oh, so many things I want to read. Chats are all in the doghouse for muting me. Unforgivable. Why are you muted, yeah, Wim? I'm going to need a screenshot. Oh, I think I it was am- Ice. I think Ice muted Swim because she's on a power trip. Ice, she why that. are you muted? She, she does that to me in Conspiracy Pilled. Yeah. Whenever I say girl math isn't real, that's it. She just like mutes me. Dude, girl, girl math is so real, though. But it's not real math, though. No, it's not real math. That's why it's called right. girl math. That's what I mean. Like, girl math is not real math. And then Ison gets all upset with me about it. Oh, and she well, just yeah. like, starts muting my comments. <laughs> yep. Her and Lauren, they usually tag team and do that to me. That's so no. funny. I mean, I, I hate to say it, ladies. It's our math, but it's not real math. You heard it here first. You did. Sorry to be that science person. Thanks, Jess. I appreciate that. I'm only here to spread the truth. Yes. Even if it's a truth we don't want to hear. What is girl math? <laughs> well, we can talk about it after we're done with our Bible study. Yeah, okay. we can do that inside the rumble section. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now we're going to get to Pharaoh's dream gets even crazier. All right. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream. After two whole years, the cupbearer forgot him for two whole years. Wow. What a guy. <laughs> what a dude. Yeah. Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile and behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them and stood by other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly thin cows ate up the seven attractive plump cows. And Pharaoh awoke. Yeah, that'd wake me up too. That sounds like a freaky dream. It does. 
And he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Thank goodness, because again, he's full of freaky dreams. So in the morning, his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men. Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, we dreamed on the same night, he and I, each having a dream with its own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came out, I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Again, just another amazing trait of Joseph I'd like to point out. Even though Joseph has this gift, he could take all the glory for himself. He could make it all about him. But in each instance, he says, it's not me. It's God working through me. It's God who gave me this talent, this ability, whatever. Um, It's never about him. Right. Such a selfish guy. Yeah. Again, in such a hard and terrible circumstance, he's been in prison for two years. He could boast himself. He could be like, oh, yeah, I'm so good at this. This will get me out of prison. But no, he's saying it's his God. And he wasn't like, well, if I do this, can I can you get me out of prison? Right. He didn't try and negotiate it. He was just called up there. And then he was like, God will do it. Sure. Yeah. Such a stand up dude. Yeah. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream, I was standing on the banks of the Nile. Seven cows, plump and attractive, came up out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I had never seen in all of the land of Egypt. And the thin, ugly cows ate up the first seven plump cows. But when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as the beginning." When I awoke, I also saw in my dream seven ears growing on one stalk, full and good. Seven ears withered thin and blighted by the east wind sprouted after them, and the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears, and I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty blighted ears, or the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind, are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. 
The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream will mean that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. Now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years, and let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming, and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities, and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. Joseph is very wise about economics, too. Not yeah. like not just oh, I can interpret de- dreams, but yeah. he had an action plan too. Yeah, and he came up with it like that, like that. Yeah, I just love it. Yeah, it's great. You just never know what gifts God will give you, what talents you have, I think, until you're put in a place where you absolutely have to use them. And he really needed to use it then, which I just think is so cool. Yeah. I'm just reading the chat, see if anybody has any thoughts. (laughs) I love Joseph um, Nomics. We have 45 people watching, but 14 likes. I feel like we need to get more likes. So please smash the like button, hug the subscribe button, comment, share to a friend, do all the stuff, please. Yes, guys, that would mean a lot to us. Uh, You guys are what keep the show running. We do this because we love y'all. We love hanging out with you. So make sure you like, subscribe, all of the things. I love it. Everything. (laughs) I love what Frida says. Joseph-nomics, not Bidenomics. Mm-hmm. Can we can we go back to that instead this of Bidenomics? Right, right. Can we, please? Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's see what Joseph gets for all his hard work. Joseph rises to power. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? I mean, you got then, one right there. Right. Sorry. <laughs> also, I, I just love that after Joseph has shown people this, they're like amazed by the power of God. And mm-hmm. they don't even question it. It's like, are you sure it's not, I don't know, what are the Egyptian gods? Ra or, mm-hmm. so, you know, some other Anubis. And there are 17 other ones. Yeah. Here. Any yeah. of these 50,000 gods that we worship. Right. But no, they acknowledge that, oh, this is the Hebrew God at work working through this man. Just so amazing. Right. And it it must be the way that he's telling them these things. Yeah. And like the tone of his voice and everything must be like having them convinced like right away. I think it's one of those things that you can really feel the gravity and the truth and what is being said. If you've ever listened to a very powerful pastor, not powerful in that he's a very charismatic speaker, because I've listened to pastors who are really not all that charismatic, but have such a gravity and intensity to what they're saying that you know that God is really speaking through them. Um, Right. Yeah. It's just like in their tones and their inflection and all of that. It just must be like really there. You can just feel it, the energy coming off of them. 
Yeah. Not to sound all like voodoo about it, but well, uh, yeah. there you can definitely feel like when somebody's talking very passionately about something, absolutely. you can just like, yeah, you can feel that coming off of them. That's, uh, that's why we are more than physical form. We are also spirit. I like to think. Okay. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all of this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards to, only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have sent you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments garments of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck he made him ride in his second chariot they called out before him bow the knee thus he set him over all the land of egypt moreover pharaoh said to joseph i am pharaoh and without your consent no one shall lift up hand or foot in all the land of egypt and pharaoh called joseph's name zapath yeah sounds good to me (laughs) yeah i know they say it in the movie it's like i know the last part's panea that's this zathpath panea whatever zapeneth panea sure all right (laughs) joseph's the egyptian name and he gave him in marriage as as nath sure uh the daughter of potiphera priest of on so joseph went out over the land of egypt joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of pharaoh king of egypt and joseph went out from the presence of pharaoh and went through all the land of egypt during the seven plentiful years the earth produced abundantly and he gathered up all the food of these seven years which occurred in the land of egypt and put the food in the cities he put in every city the food from the fields around it. And Joseph stored up grain in great abundance, like the sand of the sea, until he ceased to measure it, for it could not be measured. Before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. Joseph's wife, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bore them to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, for he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. The seven years of plenty that occurred in the land of Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the land, but in the land of Egypt there was bread. When all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph, what he says to you do. So when the famine had spread all over the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold the Egyptians, for the famine was severe uh, in the land of Egypt. Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain because the famine was severe all over the earth. It almost feels like God put Joseph in the Egyptians as like an inside man to yeah. try and convert them all over to him and to make them see that like he is the way. Like he feel is like God, that. you know? That's kind of like what I'm getting off of this. Like he did these, you know, like um it was kind of like the plan for Joseph. That's what's feeling like feeling like right now. It does feel like that. Mm-hmm. Like Joseph could look at all of the things 
bad that have happened to him in all of these years and say, you know, he could have seen misery in it. He could have seen horror in it. He could just weep for his very existence. But instead, he continued to live. He continued to thrive. He continued to try. And God made good of it. Um, I think next time we get together for a Bible study, we'll read about the reunion of him and his brothers. And there's a verse that always stands out to me, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And that's what happened here. What others intended for evil to happen to him, God meant for good. And God used his terrible circumstances, not just to benefit him, but to benefit the whole world. Because could you imagine if he never showed up in Egypt? Everyone would have starved to death. Yeah, Egypt would have been gone. Yep. So, yeah, it's just, this was, um, this is definitely um, fun. Yeah. Like, just reading about Joseph and learning more about him. Because I didn't know who Joseph was. The only Joseph I knew about in the Bible was Mary and Joseph. Right. So, being able to learn about the other Joseph in the Bible has been definitely enlightening. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, it's been so fun. It's been so fun to read through the story again and just to hear it from your perspective as well. Because, again, I've heard the story a thousand times. I feel like I watched the kids' movie a thousand times, and that's really colored the way I think about it. But just hearing your perspective has been very um, enlightening. What's the kids' movie? It's called Joseph, King of Dreams. Joseph, King of Dreams? Hmm. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. It would be a fun movie night for us, yeah, I think. it would be. We should definitely do that. The other one that's made in the same vein um, is the one about Moses, Prince of Egypt, which okay. I think we've all mentioned or talked about before. Yeah, um, I've heard that a couple of times, yeah. Yeah. I haven't yeah, seen any of those, but... <sighs> They're so good. The yeah. music in those movies is so good. Are they like newish or are they a little bit? No, they're old. They were very popular when I was a kid, which is like a thousand years ago now. I feel Um, like we're right about the same age, you know? So maybe a thousand years ago. Yeah. Not trying to call you old or anything, but. No, I've accepted my fate. Hmm. I'm teaching kids who were born after 9-11 and that just freaks me out. I don't think there's any any high schoolers left that were born. Yeah. Before 9-11. Nope. Right. 2001. So yeah. that would be, yeah, I know they're all gone. Yeah. They're all almost graduating from college. Yeah. Dang. Isn't that so freaky? That's so crazy. I can't think about. It. Yeah. <laughs> Freda's cracking me <laughs> up. <laughs> be kind to yourself, Jess. It was only 99 or 999 years. Thanks, Freda. You're right. I, I should wait to hit a thousand. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so we're going to go over to the Rumble chat, look at some memes, hang out with you guys. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Don't forget that we are reading Jane Eyre for Book Club, uh, partnering with um, Faith Moore's podcast, Storytime for Grownups. Make sure you guys go check that out. Anything you'd like to plug, Kyle? You've been amazing tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, This has been a fun time. Um, I know... uh, I mean... The only thing I have to really plug is Frida. I am her plug yourself. Guys, go follow whiskey biz. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter. So at real whiskey biz on Twitter. 
Yeah. Um, I post very sporadically. I have no posting schedule. Um, my wife likes to just write down the hilarious and random things that I say, and then I will post them. I love it. Um, right. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be a funny tweet. Um, also too, um, the other thing I have to plug would be, that's my only social media that I use. I mean, I have the others, but I just don't have the apps. I don't bother using them. Yeah. Um, would be Frida's show. I'm her producer. Um, I help her with all the backend things over there. So finding the faith every Tuesday, seven o'clock rumble, be there, be square. For sure. Finding the Faith is one of my favorite podcasts, so you guys should definitely go listen to it. Yes. It's such a great time. Uh, I'm sure Frida will plug it down in the chat. Cause yes, Frida, um, this is your cue to put the link in the chat. Love it. Um, and then, um, yeah, the New Year's special episode was amazing. I loved oh, it. It was so good. It was so fun. I yeah. loved seeing everybody's take on yes. all of the different fruits of the Spirit watching myself was kind of weird and mm-hmm. I, I don't like watching myself. Um, but, and then her latest episode was on, um, I for, I'm so sorry. I forget her name, but it was about feminist, not yes. feminism. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, fe- oh, no, I'm sorry. Feminism, not feminist. I not feminist. I'm, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I know I her. I know her by her handle on Twitter because yes. you're right. It's a handle. feminism, not feminist. Yes. Yes. That was a phenomenal episode. Yes. And you've been on the show before. I have been on her show. Yes. I do have an episode where I talked about my journey so far, yeah. not being religious at all. So definitely recommend you go check that out if you want to learn more, a little bit more about me. It was a really great episode. I know. I revealed some, um, some really crazy things about me in that episode. I loved it. All right. So go check those things out, friends. Hang around for the Rumble Chat, and we'll see you in like two seconds. Yes. Oh, that one's so tiny, Jesse. Here. Oh, my goodness. We're getting there. Remember when you didn't like the stream? Pepperidge Farm remembers. I love yes. that. Sorry, I just realized I was on mute the entire time when we oh, came word. back. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Sorry about that. No, you're good. I do that all the time. <laughs> Dress reading Bible names like, uh. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Literally correct. Yeah, I was I was like that as well. So I think it's almost everybody. Unless you actually speak Hebrew, I think right. that's just like correct. Yeah. Which is funny because that picture is actually from um Bruce Almighty. Oh yeah. That's so and where funny. he where he, he was given God's powers mm. for a bit. Which that's that's hilarious. It's like 
yeah anyways that movie is so funny yeah <laughs> the, this meme is just for you kyle hard names sex stuff choosing what kyle reads jess nice you're welcome i love it i love it it was not intentional but that's what happens <laughs> it happens sometimes when the old testament starts being x-rated holy music <laughs> you guys are on fire regular soap operas reading the old testament yes facts oh my gosh who needs days of our lives when you have the old testament this is what i'm saying you get all of the same things and you get a little bit closer to jesus i mean what's not to like seriously i have to take down the christmas stuff i feel that we still have our christmas tree up Um, oh mine's mine's been up all year all year never (laughs) took it down that's perfect. Yeah. We took the decorations off of it. Right. And then put them back on. But do you put uh, decorations on it for different holidays? Like I know some people no. do a Valentine's tree. No. No. The problem is though, is that like the original box for the Christmas tree, because we were going to like put it into the box. Mm-hmm. Um, it went missing. I think I accidentally threw it away. Oh. And now I don't have another place to put it besides like on top of my storage bins. And I don't want it to get like damaged. Yeah. I don't blame so I'm you. like, I might just go buy an extra tote just for that. I don't blame you. That's tough. Um, yeah. These Sorry. memes are amazing, friends. No, you did yes, great. Great memes. Great memes. Let's see what's going on in the chat. I like how other people are um making memes, not just Frida. Me too. Yes. I love seeing everybody's memes, which you don't want- get me wrong. Yes. I always love your memes, Frida. Yes. Always, always. We want to see everybody's take on memes, not just Frida's. Well said. Yes, like the stream or Frida's going to bite you. Bite you? She's wow. a biter. Confirmed. I mean, you can say from firsthand experience. I mean, I may know a thing or two about that, but. Fair enough. We'll take your word for it. <laughs> All right, let's also see what is going on uh, in our prayer section, because uh, I know lots of folks were asking for prayer requests, and we always like to pray with you guys before we leave for the day. Let's see what everybody's got going on. I know Frida's sick, definitely praying that she feels better. Poor thing. Um, I know Isen asked for prayers for her sister. Her sister's been going through a lot, uh, and Melissa is in the midst of lots of storms going on. She was debating on whether or not she could make it. We are um, working about to get hammered with a big storm too. Are you? Yeah. Are you I got a text message from the energy polar- company. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. I don't, I don't know what kind of storm it is, but yeah, I just got the alert about that earlier. Oh gosh! I can tell you right now. Actually, I love my weather app. I feel like you know you're an adult when you love your weather app. I feel it deep in my soul. It looks like it's gonna be a lot of wind and rain. Oh okay, and flood warnings too. So that'll be fun tomorrow. That's fun. Yeah, you know, just trying to drive and avoid all the flooded roads. It basically flooded all this week, which we needed it because the lake is really low. The but now now it's gonna freeze. The haunted lake? 
the haunted lake. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Could you start seeing like buildings? Oh yeah. It was was low. Yeah. Nice. Throwback to a uh, quirks episode. Right. Yeah. If you guys (laughs) missed our Halloween special, we talked about the haunted lake in my backyard. Super fun. Super scary. Uh, Rosie asked for prayers for her mom. About a few dozen spots of cancer were found. So we'll definitely be praying for Rosie. Psycho mom asked for us to pray for her six-year-old niece who's in a horrible car accident and had a lacerated spleen of her punctured, long broken ribs. Wow. Lots of damage. So just prayers for a speedy recovery. Um, Yes, absolutely. That's so sad. Arvold asked for prayers for his friend, Dan, who's feeling ill. And Mary Perry says, if everyone could keep her uncle, uh, uncle Patrick and her, their prayers. He's been battling thymus cancer. I don't even know what thymus cancer is. I'm not but sure either. Bad. What is your thymus? Thyroid? Maybe she means thyroid. Maybe. Maybe that's like the formal name for it. Maybe. Everybody just says, no, it's thyroid cancer. Yeah. Because they hear, oh, it affects your thyroid. It affects your thyroid. But what if it's mm. thymus? Maybe. Let's look it up. Uh, thymus is a lymphoid organ situated in the neck of vertebrates that produces T cells for the immune system. Oh. So it's kind of like a thyroid, right? Yeah. Your thyroid is a gland in the endocrine system and the thymus gland helps protect your immune system. So your thyroid Mm. is for your hormones and your thymus gland is for your immune system. I feel like that one's going to be intense. Yeah, that's that's rough. Oh, yeah, Frida just also threw it in the chat too. Oh, thank you very much. I love our chat. We have the best chat. What was it that we were going to talk about earlier? The chat. Oh yes, we were going to say we were going to talk about something during the after show. I forgot. Hold on, I'm going to try and scroll through a little bit. Oh, girl math, right? Oh, okay, girl math. Yes. So girl math. Is when you go to buy clothes, and if it's on sale, it doesn't count. It, like if you get, nope. it won't get one half one off, half off. The half off one doesn't actually cost any money. Or it's like when you use your credit card to buy a right. gift card. The gift right. card is not real money. That's right. Gift cards aren't real money. Right. right. That's free it's money. Like, free money. Yes, they say it's free money, but it's like you put fifty dollars on a. I don't know, pick a gift card. Right. And then you use your credit card. You're still going to see that on the credit card mm-hmm. statement when that comes due. That's right. But you bought a gift card. It's and so now money. the $50 is free it's money. It's real money. You just transferred it from one account to another one. That's right. <laughs> That's like when Gen Zers say, oh, cash isn't real money. It's not my debit card. No, they say that. Yeah, they say that. I've heard Gen Zers say that. They're like, cash is fake money. If I have like $20 in my wallet, that doesn't count because it's not in my debit card. I know they won't carry cash. They've really dissociated from carrying actual I mean, I carry dollar a little bills. bit on me. Usually like $20. That's about it. Right. Honestly speaking. Especially with the whole tap to pay now. It's so much easier. You just <laughs> walk in, tap, and you leave. That's the it. swipe was bad enough, but now tapping, it's it feels so thoughtless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're just like, oh, that'll be $250. Like, yeah, sure, tap. Okay, I'm out of here. Right. 
Like it's nothing. It's wild to me. Rather than taking your wallet out and counting out the cash. I feel like we would have a better appreciation for how much money we spend and people would have tighter control over their budgets, which is why people who help you budget things like that always say carry cash and don't use plastic. Set out the cash. The problem is though, is that we don't have enough cash. Yeah. For everybody. If everybody right right now went to their bank and just drain their accounts, whether it be savings, checking, whatever, the system would a whole country would crash because there's not enough cash. Right. That's what happened during the Great Depression is people pulled all of their cash out and crashed the banks because we don't have enough hard tender in circulation. Like if you go into a bank and you want to take out, like say you have $10,000 in your savings account and you're like, hey, I have a big purchase coming up and I want to pay in cash. Let me take $10,000 out. The bank doesn't even have $10,000. They're going to tell you come back in 48 hours. Yep. Because they have to like call like a bring truck pretty much to come bring the cash. Yeah. And then they have to then count it, verify it, and then you could come in and then they have to count it again. It's a huge process. It's insane. Yeah. Frida's so right. Taxation is theft. Man, our forefathers dumped tea in the harbor for less tax than we're being taxed now. Wasn't it like a one or a two percent tax? Yeah. So small. (laughs) Like crazy. And now we don't even bat an eye when our income tax is like 14% or something. Oh my like, gosh. Ridiculous. Right. Imagine if we tried to do something like, I'm not trying to, ins- to say we should. We're not inciting an insurrection. We're not saying go do st- weird right. stuff to the government. But imagine if we did that today over the tax on everything. Right. I don't know. I've always Where been a firm we- believer in just one tax. A purchase tax. A flat tax, yes. A purchase tax. That way nobody can hide from it. You go and buy something, doesn't matter if you've got $10 to your name or $12 billion to your name. Right. You're going to get taxed the same amount on that same item. And that should be the only tax you have to pay. Yeah. I understand the government needs money to function and stuff, but. The amount of money we give it, though, is hugely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. If it was reallocated and spent more wisely instead of being shipped on pallets over to foreign nations. Right. By the billions. (laughs) Yep. Perhaps we wouldn't be in the pickle that we are currently in. I like what Hicktown Honey here says. We aren't saying don't pay taxes this year, but if we all did, I mean. I mean, I'm not saying, but like, what would happen if nobody paid taxes this upcoming tax season? Like, what would happen? They're not going to lock up everybody. Well, you say that. I mean, what is the FBI going to do? Can they house 300 million plus people in a prison? It would have to be every single person, though. Yeah, it would have to be the whole country. And realistically, there's no way. What would it be, like, uh, 200 million adults, give or take? Right. I think if we even got every conservative to not pay taxes this year, they would happily lock. Oh yeah, all of absolutely. Those up. Mm-hmm. The Democrats would just be like, "Hey, lock now them we up. have an excuse." Lock them up would be trending again on Twitter. Again, yeah. yep. Gosh. Um. 
I'm just reading the chat. Yeah, and me finding too. it fascinating. I could sit here and read oh, you guys' guys, chat all day. It just amuses me. I love it. Um, oh, I Do love Manatee's prayer in our Discord. Guys, if you are not in our Discord community, you definitely need to join it because it's awesome. I just love everybody there. That's where we get to know you better. That's where we have hangouts. I'm sure we will likely all go play Among Us after this stream. So I was, just, I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to, of what we were doing. Yes. Because okay. I know I missed you yesterday. I wanted to play, but it was bedtime yeah. and it was a school night. I know. I'm so sorry. It's okay. But okay, let's pray and go playing a- Among Us with our Discord group. Okay. Dear God, thank you so much for this day, Lord. I th- just thank you so much for this opportunity to be with you, be with our community, and just share your glory with our friends and with this world, Lord. You are amazing and glorious in all the plans that you have. No matter the darkness we're in, no matter the circumstance, your will will be done. And I pray that would bring comfort to us no matter where we are. I thank you for Kyle and for Frida and for the wonderful friends and gifts they have been in my life. And I just thank you so much for our Quirks community, for all of our friends. You know the prayers we spoke about earlier. You know all of the hearts and worries in our community, Lord. And I pray that you would just see to them individually. And I pray look after each and every one of them. Pray that you go with us throughout the week and watch over us and keep us safe. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for hanging out with me tonight, Kyle. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. We'll have to have you back to talk about black holes soon. Yes, I want to talk about black holes. Yes. So stay tuned for that, friends. Yes. If not, go join us in Discord. We're going to go play Among Us. We'll see y'all later. Bye.